1: Hey hey hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
3: Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. Darren Bresnitz is currently on his way back from Los Angeles, so I will be holding down the fort myself. That was just bad credit, no credit, who will be in studio live. Um, Six people, pretty excited about that. Live horns on a Sunday. Uh, I would say winter is officially here. What do you guys think? It's cold.
4: It's freezing. It's beyond freezing. Oh, you're Australian.
3: You know nothing.
4: <laughs> I've never experienced a season before until I moved to New York, so.
3: This is true. Really?
4: Yeah, I mean, I lived in Perth, Australia for most of my life, and then I moved to Miami for about four years, and there's just no no seasons in either of those places, so New York is definitely the complete opposite of that, and going into my second winter here is pretty, pretty intense.
3: We have uh, Jeff and Janine from Root and Bone. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what lie did you have to tell Jeff to convince her to come up here and open this <laughs> restaurant with you? Um,
5: it wasn't a lie. It was more of a, it's more of a reality that we're getting older every day. And if you're ever going to take a shot at New York, you better do it while you still have some blood in your veins. And uh, well, I'm getting old. I don't know yeah, right. Janine's pretty young still. But I wait. heard you've been
3: 37 for five years. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36, I think. I don't know. Um, I want to go back a second. I know that you were raised uh, on boats. Uh, worked at a little cafe. What was the first dish that you mastered uh, for seafood?
5: Oh my god! Um, huh. I was barely raised on boats. I got a job scrubbing the barnacles off the bottom of boats. That's still much. a job and, on a boat. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess I put, technically I, outside I a the, boat. Yeah. They called
5: me a bait boy. I think was my technical. What, <laughs> what's a <hot>. yeah?
3: <laughs> uh, what's a bait boy's like technical the definition?
5: Guy that, uh, brings all the sardines and cuts the cigar minnows and puts them on hooks and. Makes the chum back buckets and. Uh, what goes into chum? <laughs> like what's like. <laughs> what, whatever whatever leftovers you can find. So uh, I worked for a guy that had restaurants and he also had fishing boats. And so um, restaurants are perfect um, um, sister companies for a restaurant because for a, uh, a fishing village because uh, y- you have a lot of garbage you can kind of grind up yeah. and you put it in pantyhose. You take your mom's leftover pantyhose and you stuff it full of chicken hearts and gizzards and anything bloody and then you tie it in the pantyhose and you drop it down in the water and it just makes this perfume that goes through the ocean that brings all the fish and crabs and everything around. Chum. Yeah.
6: Mm.
5: yeah. <laughs> Make chum, it on a chum Saturday. Chum boy. Make <laughs> it on a chum boy. Ba-
3: <laughs> bait me. boy or, or chum boy. Uh, so, yeah. so what was the first dish that you feel like... Uh,
5: uh, probably shrimp and grits. Um, I remember making clams casino at a young age. But... Um, uh, first seafood dish was probably shrimp fingers. And,
3: and you? Your first dish that you feel you perfected?
4: My first dish that yeah. I feel like I perfected um well, being from Australia, I have a lot of like kind of southeast asian influences and that always really excited me. So, um I'd say just mastering curries in general. So, you know, well,
3: What was like the 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 uh trick that you're like, "Aha, this is how you nail a curry?"
4: Um just like fresh ingredients, not taking any you know, kind of shortcuts, good fresh spice, ingredients, yeah. yeah, good spices. Like not going to a grocery store to get all of your spices. Going to like an Asian market and sourcing your ingredients from there, and making sure they're super fresh.
3: How did you
5: two meet? Oh goodness, over uh, meatloaf, I think.
4: Yeah, it was over <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> do you want the meatloaf story?
5: Yeah, I, I would all love right. it. Um, do you want to tell it?
4: No, Jeff. Wait, no. How Jeff about you guys? A great story. Every other me.
3: sentence.
5: Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll try it for a few, and she'll probably interrupt. So that's every other sense. Um, you sure you want this on the air? The whole thing? Yeah, no. All right, here it goes. You're a really good. Exclusive, telling, a, a telling this story. Uh, so Janine walked into the restaurant. I had a little restaurant called Gigi's in Midtown, and
3: uh, well, you gotta name the city. There's a lot of Midtowns. Midtown. Uh, sorry, Miami. sorry, sorry, Midtown, Miami. Midtown sorry. Miami. you guys have worked uh, extensively. Yeah, that's right.
5: So we were in Miami. I opened a restaurant. Been open for a handful of months. I uh, was doing really well. I think she came up with some friends around 6 or 7 in the evening, and I was very busy. I was working the walk station, and you know we had just opened, and I was trying to balance a lot of things, so I was probably annoyed at any time a server came to me and said I needed to go say something to somebody. server came up and said, there's this gorgeous girl who's in culinary school and would love to meet you, and I think I probably... As
3: often happens to chefs.
5: It doesn't, <laughs> really, and I don't know why. I just chose to not, and I, you know, it was a dumb move. But I, I was too busy. I didn't meet her. Uh, she left. I guess she came back at like one or two in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, two o'clock a.m. We, we Gigi stayed up till like. 4. Well,
4: and I there was we actually came back to go to the club that was next door, and we were in the car park, <laughs> and I was looking at the club, and then I was looking at the restaurant, and I was thinking I can either go and dance and and party, or I can go back and have this meatloaf dish, which I right. had at Gigi's, and I was like, like so, signal yeah. to my girls like like let's. <laughs> Go go and eat again because that's what I do. (laughs) So, the
5: meatloaf dish is really cool. It's uh, very unique. We have it at Root and Bone, actually. I think we had to put it on. But anyway, she came back in, sat down. I think the same server or hostess came up to me and said, Hey, this girl's back. Not only is she back to eat the same thing, but she wrote a paper on you.
4: And I'm sure at this point (laughs) you're probably like, Holy shit, I have a stalker.
3: <laughs> Classic. Um, so do chefs have stalkers?
5: No, I don't know. I'm I sure know. some. Yeah. Of Maybe. big time guys do.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't know.
5: Not us. Yeah, I, I'll Not let you know, know. know if I get. Yeah, to, please, yeah. We get to that level. Send
3: me an SOS. I'd <laughs> be like, oh, who knew? And I need help.
5: <laughs> I might enjoy it. Yeah. Him, make him a personal assistant or something. <laughs> anyway, so she sat down. Again, and I wasn't good about going out again. And she ordered the meatloaf again. And apparently, she had said something about. I think her friends were teasing her because she had to write a paper, and she wound up writing it on me. So I caught her on the way out. She was walking out, and uh, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I see this stunning, beautiful girl walking out as chef's off see in an open kitchen and. Is that why they have open
3: kitchens? Yeah, we have code words for it and stuff. What's the code word? Uh,
5: Some places it's fire chocolate cake. Some places it's... Red Robin. Red Robin. I mean, it depends. (laughs) Each kitchen has their own term for, watch out, there's a hot chick walking by. Fire chocolate cake, okay. (laughs) Um, So I think a code word might have went out, like, look at the hot chick walking out. And the... The server came up and was like, that's the girl who you've ignored twice now, who's yeah. been in and eaten the meatloaf twice. And I ran up to her. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I, you've been really busy. I understand you're in culinary school and you, you wrote some kind of paper. And I'm Jeff and thanks for coming. Thanks for the support. And um, it was nice. It was our first meet. She was uh, a little uh, reluctant to admit the about the paper. Yeah, what was the paper about? Well, she was supposed to do a, a full interview. I'm asking her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she'll lie. Oh, okay. So
4: well, well, so I was supposed to do a, a paper on a chef in my area that I was inspired by, and, and I just moved to Miami. So I didn't really know any chefs that I was inspired by, but I would drive past this spot, Gigi's, every single day, and there was a line out the door. And so I was like, oh, I wonder who the chef is from Gigi's. And I did some research, and I saw that he was pretty cute and... Like oh well, he seems. She like was a supposed good to interview person. me. And I was supposed to interview Jeff, and I didn't. I fa- completely fabricated.
5: She lied. His, uh, in college, his, his, oh you did. And if the professor's listening. Yeah. Like,
4: oh, I did a little bit of research, but I, I really I made your life very very exciting and.
5: She wrote an entire paper that was an interview-based paper, and oh. I found out and I told her basically. That she had a choice. I could either contact her professor and rat her out, or she could come and work at Gigi's with me for a little while. So I
4: ended up working for you (laughs) on the Tuesday after we first met. So I worked worked for Jeff for two years years for free. For free? Yeah, I was...
3: Oh, you were still in school? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, so... And did you... Well, I mean, here's the classic question. Do you feel you learned more at the restaurant or when you were in school?
4: Oh, uh, I mean I put everything that I had into my school and yeah. like I I think that any culinary school that you go to it's whatever you put in you get in return. So, yeah. I definitely feel like I got a good education from culinary school, but there's no education like you learn when you're in the industry and like you're in the restaurant every day. So, mm-hmm.
3: uh you both have traveled on some pretty great places to learn more of your craft. Uh what is it that you can, you know, pick up and just even in like the short amount of time yeah. that you by traveling, I know you were in Africa. I know you went around to a bunch of different Asian places. You know, what are some of the skills and lessons you picked up while visiting those places?
4: Well, I mean, I traveled through Asia. I traveled through Europe. Um, the cultures, especially in Southeast Asia, is completely different to anything I've ever experienced. And seeing like some of the tools that they use, um, I volunteered in an elephant reserve where they like kind of take in. These to say with elephants and they um, have this whole campus where they take people in to like build houses and build like a bunch of different things. And so these ladies that were cooking, it was all in um, Thailand. They had these crazy amount of tools and very unique things that I'd never seen before. So and the same with all over Asia, they kind of very, very rustic, I guess. Um, so. Pretty unique in, in that sense. Um, also, like everything's just kind of. They use very basic basic ingredients to make something taste like unbelievable. So.
3: Cool. Yeah. You?
5: Um, my favorite stage, I spent a couple months in Egypt and I was in Sharm el Sheikh, Egypt, and I learned how to make curry from a, an Indian guy who. It was, a, it was like one of those recipes that you, just, you knew when he started that you were going to learn something real. And he's like, yeah, this is a, about a 700-year-old recipe. And he was, I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's, we don't know how long it's been in the family, but it's great, 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 great grandmother. Uh, it, we have it written down from there. And so he started going through it, and I was just mesmerized. So I think we did that prayer a few times. Um, But it was just more of a technique instead of what he was doing as far as spices and everything goes. It was Mm. more of a technique of frying onions and then pureeing them with water and like real raw basic ingredients. But just a technique that you would have never thought of, frying an onion until it's black and then pureeing it with water. And it was like all these little things that he did with normal ingredients that we in America would always cook but not do it the way they did. So I don't know. I think that was probably my most interesting experience Huh, wow. Yeah.
3: Um well we're gonna talk about the, the new spot, um and uh what's it like to you know, having you know, a little bit of blood left in your body to make it in New York.
6: <laughs>
2: To where the tears in like that love sigh and glow me in lips you take a few more sips on my hands and no more sorrow jack and start slow taking me higher the melancholy rain is keeping all sin. the cannons and the clouds and the change of memories Jackie, baby, whoa, it ain't no sin to miss your lover. Take it to don't tell nobody. It's just you and me undercover all day. (laughs) i <laughs>
3: Winter music. So you two in Miami, you've decided that you want to live a little and that you hate yourselves, and you want to open up a restaurant <laughs> in New York. Where does the idea come from, or where does like where does the uh, the idea take root? All pun intended. Take
5: root. Yeah, that was going um, professional. Janine came up with a name, <clears throat> which was very appropriate: "Root and Bone." So it's you know it's food and um, it's food and, and it's food from our roots. It's it's. Um, It's a restaurant that's not pretentious, it's casual enough, but uh, the food's great, and it just, I don't know, the name fit in, and it made sense, and I think her and I had had uh, a good run in Miami, but uh, everybody knows that New York is the food mecca of the world right now, and it's time to take a stab. I mean,
3: what was some of the reasons for leaving Miami? I mean, I could probably list them having never lived there, but for someone that was in it,
4: well, for me, I'm Australian. I have this like intense travel bug that I guess I was just born with and <clears throat> since I left high school, I've just traveled for the last what ten years um I've traveled a lot and I kind of put down roots in Miami for about four years, and it was just time to time for me to kind of do something else and although like Miami will always probably be somewhere I hold very close to my heart and maybe one day I'll move back there, I've always had felt that New York was kind of the next step for me and um, Jeff, I guess you kind of felt the same way.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I i had been in Miami for seven years, still love it, there's nothing to not love, um, but I guess the last restaurant I had was uh, Yardbird, which we did really well at. Which I've been
3: at. Yeah. Long couple times
5: in insanely successful uh, great place i think we knocked it out of the park there and we just um you know we thought that my uh that new york was the next step and um definitely brought some flavors of that uh as an inspiration to to new york and um i mean i can't tell you how many times i'd be working the liner expo at, uh, at Yardbird, and somebody would be like I, i'm in new york come open one yeah and now it's vice versa, everybody's coming in. To, I mean, it's just, there's a lot, I, I think probably 30, 40% of the people that live in New York are in Miami for some point in time. It's it's strange. I, mean, I got
3: family down there. Yeah, and everybody has yeah. family down there. A and everyone's of, just like escapes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah and from, I don't, I don't blame
3: them, up. Yeah.
4: <laughs> when the winter's rough, the perfect two-hour flight down to Miami, spend but, a couple of weeks there, it's the perfect escape.
3: Yeah, but Yarbrough also felt very much like... Uh, East like a New York restaurant it didn't feel like a lot of the other Miami it's right like the design was really subtle it was beautiful yeah. my friend Chris Romero did some intense
5: work on the design and it was it was nice it, it felt homey and quaint. It still does
3: so how have you nice. felt the like the um, you know your eaters would be uh, you know Miami versus New York as you since like a difference in the clientele or any like notable mm-hmm. uh, characteristic traits
4: I think New Yorkers definitely know their food. They're everyone's a critic. Everyone knows exactly what they want out of something, and and so in that sense, it's it's you know we definitely have tough critics, but at the same right. time, everyone's been really enjoying right what we've been putting out. So
5: the restaurant we just opened is, um, I mean, we have fifty seats tops. It's small. It's quaint. It's, it's delicious. It's yeah. It's well. It's it, it's it's in a little village. It's in the East Village. It's it's. It's a neighborhood restaurant and um, we hope to get more seats soon. Uh, but for now it's just, you know, we focus on feeding a lot of people that live across the street and upstairs and it's a little quaint mom and pop shop. I mean I guess I'm mom
4: is. and your pop.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wanna be mom. You can be mom. And have you brought any of the dishes from uh Yarbrough up to, to Root and Bone? Not too much. I mean, the
5: fried chicken is very unique that we do. Um, we brine in sweet tea, so it's a different brine. We have a, a rub or a, a powder that we put on the outside. We dehydrate lemons, actually. We make lemon mm. chips. We dehydrate them until they're crispy, and we make like a lemon powder. And so it's got this zesty zing coating on the outside. Um, we're proud to be getting some stuff from Pennsylvania, some chickens out of Pennsylvania from Amish country. Um, How did
3: you go about selecting your chickens?
5: How long did it take? Janine found some cool purveyors before we had. I mean, we had plenty of time because (laughs) building the place in New York is. uh, It's a different story. It's tough (laughs) here, so we had time to shop around. But Janine found some guys, uh, and I mean, we had time to find a lot of cool purveyors, and um, we found a guy that drives all the way out to Pennsylvania to like a co-op. And you know, as far as the vegetables go, it's a place yeah, called Grow NYC. We See. Yeah, we
4: have like a forager. Who yeah, like this
5: guy just brings us some. Connects us with a lot
4: of small farms that are really cool. And like every week is, you know, one week you can get watermelons, the next they're out. Like you've right. cleared up farm. <laughs> um, so every week is kind of different, and it's... Yeah.
5: it's nice with a fifty-seat restaurant. We have a printer downstairs that prints a menu, so we change it, we tweak it, we do what we need to do, and we get to stay true to our roots and true to what's up here and the seasons have been a lot of fun you know Ginny and I were just talking about how we've never experienced seasons so to see the produce list just drastically yeah, change that, is, that other... is
4: definitely the positive side yeah. of living somewhere where the seasons do actually change is that you see like the farmers markets are amazing and the seasons are changing and all of a sudden you're seeing less watermelons less tomatoes and corn and you're seeing more of you know more squash squash that we've never seen before or experience roots,
3: the roots are in right now we we're able to experiment
4: with it's it's really cool
3: what are you excited about this week
5: um, I mean, the pumpkins are obviously out of control. There's so many different squash and pumpkins. Yeah,
4: every week there's like a different a different pumpkin or a different squash added to our list of things that we're experimenting with. Do you mean just to
5: say that kohlrabi is Yeah, kohlrabi is my vegetable. new favorite
7: vegetable.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've been using a lot of green kohlrabi, and this week we have red kohlrabi, which is like super exciting to me. It's kind of like when you roast it, it's kind of funky like a sunchoke, um, which uh, sunchokes are like my favorite. They were my past oh, yeah,
3: favorite Yeah, That was vegetables. last week's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you for coming in. Where can thank people you. find you? How can they file you? Reservations?
4: Um, we don't take reservations, but if you get in early, then there's no wait. So um, you can just come on by. Um, our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is root, the letter N, bone NYC. And you'll find me at Chef Janine Booth and Jeff at Chef McInnes
3: amazing well thanks for coming by thanks uh, we have back credit no credit coming up live in studio
1: I am broken I am hollow oh I'll leave the world I know let me fall from the place I stand keep it simple tell them nothing's new after all it's true Let the sound of your voice be plain You are still young and you still have time These words destroyed my mind Into thinking that I'm okay I have nothing, it is only me It makes me sound so free But I'm lost in a place I know me, no more, I'm gone forever for sure, for sure, what a feeling it is to, oh to hate what you've allowed, allowed the world to see of you, now you know where to be found, Just sing, let your eyes sink too Let the world pass through Till you find what you can't let go Let the streets die, let the rest go home Let me be alone With the songs that I just can't sing I am sorry, this is so not me I know how it must seem When you can't even fake a smile And if it's over, I am not aware I struggle and I stare And I talk to myself all night I am me, no more I'm gone forever for sure For sure what a feeling it is, too. Oh, to hate what you allowed. Allowed the world to see if you. Now you know where to be found. Ooh. Ooh. I'm sorry that you had to be. From a place that I could leave, I could leave so easily. What a feeling it is to Oh to hate what you allowed, allowed the world to see you. Now you know where to be found.
3: Alright. Welcome back, Snacky Tunes. Darren Bresan's still not here. What a jerk. Wanna welcome back, credit no credit to the show. Hey guys. Hi. And girl. Hi. Uh, some of you have been here before. Yes. Some of you first time. First time people. You wanna go around the room and just kinda let us know who you are?
0: Hi. Uh, I am Josh. I play bass. How you doing?
3: Good, how you doing? Good.
0: Really well. Yeah.
3: Happy Maybe you can say your team.
7: Uh, Carter uh, on Team Carter I play trumpet (laughs) second time uh, being on the show first time caller yeah second time caller yeah
3: third time listener (laughs) third time
7: listener I'm Ryan I play saxophone Um, I like badminton oh that's my team that's (laughs) Uh, I'm Trevor
2: I play the trombone okay (laughs) I'm Chris I play the drums
8: have a team. My team's That's the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Carrie Ann and I make vocals oh, okay. and saxophone. I make sax. <laughs> um, and my team is my team is the Seahawks. Yes. <laughs>
3: so how did uh, how did you guys all come together? I mean, pretty great great sound. I love it. I love like larger ensembles, especially with brass. Uh, how did you guys... Uh, how did this happen? Tell me a story.
8: Well, it, it it's a very convoluted and, and weird story. I met everybody in, in very different ways. Um, Carter was the first among this group. I, I started the group many first years ago. First among equals. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. Um, I, I started the group... Or rather, the group was started for me uh, around 2008. Um, and we went through many, many changes over the years. Uh, none of the original members still live in New York. Um, but... The next best thing uh, was Carter, uh, who we found through Craigslist. <laughs> really, what was the
3: what was the Craigslist ad?
8: I don't know. Andy did it. Do
7: you, do you remember? Craig? I, I do not remember. I remember it. It had that allure. It had that Andy Russell Thomas charm. <laughs> so like, but yeah.
3: Do people still look for like? I mean, what, we're like, oh, I want to join a band. Let me look on Craigslist or like, what's the... I
8: mean, this was two thousand nine, yeah, so. Yeah. You know, those were different days. Nobody no, I know. Really That's
6: why I'm not asking.
8: No, I, I don't know. I'm lucky enough to have these guys now and not have to be on Craigslist. So, uh, you know, God bless you if you still have to do it. Stick with it. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> I, mean, would you, I don't even know if anyone that would even look on. Cra- we,
8: you know, I um, would now actually, or I would put up an ad again. Yeah? I mean, we found Carter. Craigslist has my like blessing for <laughs> life because he's also like my best friend now. So. Yeah. You know, Craigslist Wait, were you great. looking for a best friend? Or were you I looking was, I guys? was, and it totally <laughs> problem, worked out. Um,
2: um, yeah, I actually found, I'm Trevor, I found the band on Craigslist, and I realized, I know some of these fools already. What? <laughs> really?
8: We were on Craigslist? Yeah, yeah and then was I was that like... that Andy again? God. Ryan Weissite,
2: I know this
8: guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny, because I met Ryan on the street, yeah. on 8th Avenue, yeah. or something, and I saw he was carrying a yeah. sax. Wow. Um, because, you know, New York. Yeah. And I, I guess I was feeling extroverted.
7: And it was, uh, what's his name?
8: Oh, and I was with Red Hunter. You were with Red. Yeah, uh, and you knew him.
7: I knew Red through a mutual friend, Okay,
8: anyway. uh, Yeah, that makes me sound less ballsy, so we'll leave that part out next time. (laughs) Um (laughs) All
3: right, yeah.
8: Um, And Chris, uh, we found through Jason, who found us through... Carter. Jason's not here today. And Josh was recommended to me um, by some of the members of our favorite band. I think it's our collective favorite band uh, called Not Blood Paint. They're Mm -hmm. local guys. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then we said the the band was put together for you. What do you mean?
8: (laughs) It was really weird. Um, So I was in this band for um, about eight months with these guys that never played out. They were really strange dudes. Uh, One was like about 15 years older than me. His name was Jet and he wore sunglasses at night and he would say things like little lady, you don't know how to talk rock and roll. Um,
3: um, where is he now?
8: <laughs> I don't know. I see, him <laughs> <laughs> I see him every once in a while and he doesn't talk to me. I don't know why. Um, Cause I got kicked out of that band eventually <laughs> and they never told me why. Um, but there was one person who heard us and her name was Elaine. Um, and she decided to... She was the only person sad about it because she was also the only person who taught us. And <laughs> so she got a band together for us. Um, her boyfriend and herself and Jason Conklin. Um, and it was a nice little group to start.
3: <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, let's hear a song. Yeah, yeah let's hear, we let's have hear songs. It soon. Yeah.
8: This is... The, the first one's from back in those old days. So. Yeah. What is it, yeah, a album? vampire song. Do
7: we have an album that it's on, too?
8: I don't know. Why don't you tell us, Carter? <laughs> it's
7: on the whole Buffalo vampire song. It's actually, we have a great music video, too.
8: For... Oh, we do, and yeah. it's on the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a perfect crime But thank you, baby I'll do the time to see that Look on your face, baby If you wanna leave me in my box through the changing of the clocks
3: The bitter end of that sweet, sweet note. <laughs> how long do you normally hold it when you play live? Be honest.
8: Uh, yeah, it varies. <laughs> if yeah. I hit the overtone or not, <laughs> depends how much drinking has
3: been happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
8: I, I try not to go too hard before a show because we have a pretty physical live show. <laughs> yeah, what, is it,
3: what does it involve?
8: Um, well, usually I have a also. Other instruments. We all have, uh, several of us have multiple instruments, and uh, there's a lot of jumping around and twisting of knobs and electronics and stuff as well.
7: Sometimes crowd charging, you charge the crowd. There's been some crowd
8: charging over the years.
3: (laughs) Out of love. (laughs) Out of love. Where does the name come from?
8: Well, um, I think it's most familiar to people that are from the South because there are a lot of signs down there that say, Bad credit, no credit, no problem. Um, but I've noticed that in the north, uh, some people are like, "What the hell is that?" Am I, I allowed, mean, am I cr- allowed to say H E double hockey sticks? <laughs> you
3: can say whatever fuck you want. Say, oh. uh,
8: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: I was getting a little worried. Hell is the one that you were concerned about. No, I was worried <laughs> about
8: future future oh. curses.
3: Is it? Uh, it's like a what is it, like a loan thing.
8: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, generally, everybody in this band is. Or jazz. Bad Ridge. credit. Jazz rich. <laughs> what? Uh, what is a
3: jazz rich defined as? Carter.
7: Uh, jazz rich is like tens of tens of dollars. Tens of <laughs> ten- <laughs> Yeah, it's like pretty much all the money in jazz. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's a. Is it a week by week denomination, day by day? Sometimes mm-hmm. night by night. Yeah.
8: <laughs> gig to
7: gig.
6: Yeah.
8: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which means I'm very lucky to be playing with these guys. because This beer. is a passion project for. For dudes that really get their hustle on around town and play with a lot of amazing people. Yeah, you
3: guys... I mean, I've seen you all in, like, various iterations. You want to shout out some of your side projects? Current projects? Um, Long-time yeah. dreams? Full-time I, fantasies?
0: I, I, uh, <laughs> I play with um, a singer-songwriter. Her, her name is Lachi. Lachi Lisa.
8: Um, I didn't even know this, Josh. Do You and, have a secret uh, life.
0: Yeah, I do. I have, I'm a little bit of a... Yeah, kind of a uh, secret life. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a little different than... Um, you know what we do here it's a little more um, I feel like it's kind of more kind of conventional da- dance pop uh, stuff uh, that nature but uh, again I get to use a lot of effects and a lot of fun stuff like that so yeah it's great but uh, yeah I love these guys too it's all love uh, <laughs> how,
3: how often do you guys get together
8: well lately a lot less because I was gone for the summer um, I went to France and it was kind of hard to commute um, <laughs> But we kind of needed a break anyway, because we're working on a record, and it's sort of murdering us slowly. What's
3: the writing... Pro- I mean, there's more There's more of you, right? There's one more of yeah. us,
8: yeah, Jason D Sue.
3: What is the writing process of, among, you know, seven musicians?
8: I'd like Chris to answer that.
0: Um, a lot of how we made the new record was just sitting around in our rehearsal space, uh, which is Shea Stadium, or was Shea Stadium, um, and... Me and Josh uh, would just start hammering out different grooves, um, which I know is how at least three of the songs got made, if not more. Mm -hmm. And we would establish something solid and funky that I would prefer, uh, that you wouldn't (laughs) hate listening to over and over. And then um, we have these amazingly talented horn players to just sprinkle over the top whatever they feel like.
3: Is that the highest achievement? Like, I don't, I wouldn't hate listening to this. Honestly, you know,
8: like I, I really think that some of my favorite music is stuff that I can sleep to. Like, I, I think it's a really great achievement to not be offensive. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that that's so what we sound pressure. like. Yeah. Right. we're not sleepy, but you yeah.
0: know, I. But I, no, I understand. Yeah, you yeah.
7: Okay. A lot of the new stuff, though, you had lyric ideas too that we kind of made ground that the rhythm section made groundwork. Yeah,
8: there was a lot of that too. I mean, it was. It's a kind of a concept record. It's kind of uh, the idea is like a. I I, I want to cast myself as sort of a macabre uh, Rick James character. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although, wait, wait, what, wait, what, yeah. Yeah. What's your
3: cape game like? It's, <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh,
8: <laughs> There's a lot of interior designs to like when I raise my arms.
3: Who's the one that puts on your shoulders and tries to get you off the stage?
8: Uh, that's definitely Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that James Brown?
3: oh who did you say Rick James oh uh, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. wanted to talk about
8: James. <laughs> <right>? Rick James <laughs> even better oh,
7: he, he, he Yeah, I mean, vicious yeah. cape game yeah,
8: yeah, yeah no, um, Rick James I, I really do have a great respect for and I got really deep into his catalog um, in the last couple of years so I think part of what we'd do when we were finding our groups would be to listen to some of that stuff at SOS Band and some of these really great um, early 80s dance tracks and, and kind of go from there and make it our own
3: uh Do you have anything new that we can
8: hear? Yeah, 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 yeah. We were going to save it for last, but we could do it now. Let's just do it now. We'll close it out with
3: like an oldie but goodie. Okay. Yeah, mix it up. Uh, What's this one called?
8: This one's called Nora.
3: Live on Snacky Tunes.
8: (laughs)
6: Morning after, inevitably, I have.
3: Awesome! <laughs> Stopped on a dime.
8: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's Ryan Whiteside on saxophone, by the way. <laughs>
3: uh, so when you guys are uh, you know writing together and, and getting this together, what do you where do you land on for food? Seven people. That's like a that's a lot of cooks in Indian. the
8: kitchen. Yeah, there are two. There are two. <laughs> There's pizza in Indian for sure. Yeah. Um, Indian
3: pizza, really? It's yeah. No, pizza. no, we don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Any spot in particular for Indian food, I feel like it's kind of like a it's like a not always like the best uh the best spots in uh, in our area
8: yeah well, you have to go dish by dish really I think in our area, and I live in Bushwick and we practice sort of in Bushwick at Shea Stadium, so there's a different place for each one but at, at Shea, we order from Taj kebab, even though they <laughs> never bring utensils, but they have the best chicken Malay like it's the stuff that grills really? are made of, really yeah, it yeah. makes it so good. It's just coconut and sweet and, well, it's kind of slipping, to, not that I've still been ordering it um, all the time, <laughs> secretly without you guys. But uh, <laughs> Every day, every <laughs> meal. I just keep hoping it'll be back to what it was, the, ten, think- the tender chicken, but I don't think they're marinating it in the yogurt correctly. Do you think that
3: you can, can you say something?
8: like be like yo guys um, I'm. I mean, we need to have you, a talk
3: well I mean they okay. don't even
8: bring utensils let me put yeah that's true yeah, the, the
3: but like but would you respect if like here. let's say you guys are maybe like maybe not doing as well as a band and if like a fan like a true fan gonna be like I love you guys is everything okay the last few months shows haven't been as tight dried chicken man dried yeah. chicken do you think you're gonna be like look I love you guys I order from you every day sometimes twice I just
8: <laughs> it, what's
3: going on is it problems at home is it me is it me is it me, <laughs> is it me? Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I'm gonna order no matter what? So I just get your second best, or so you change my name? That's
8: my question.
3: Maybe if you got burner phones uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and like yeah. started <laughs> pretending to call from other numbers,
8: that might. Yeah, I think that might have to happen because I need I need it back.
3: But how much would that fuck you up if you called from a different number and the dish came better, and then like it just totally made I would, you rethink I would, I would, delivery? I would
8: cry. I would cry. <laughs> it's a personal affront. But no, really. Yeah. Yeah. It, it,
3: now the yeah. now the seed has been planted. Cut by your phone I want to order Indian food. <laughs> yeah,
8: totally. yeah, well now everything's seamless too so I'm probably I probably have some serious red flag like this chick always puts all caps <laughs> on her <laughs> directives and demands well, brown rice. It's funny I do feel like <laughs> this band
7: is really tied pretty closely with food. I mean, we the first few rehearsals I ever did with the band it was I think we would go over to your place, and you would just cook a bunch of food for everybody. Carrie-Anne, yes, and, uh, for for, th- for those listening out there, Carrie Anne is an amazing, wonderful chef. Oh yeah, yes. what is?
3: You yeah. What's sweet. your like? What's your best? Well, what, let's. What's your favorite dish she cooks, and what's your favorite dish that you cook?
8: Oh God, what did I have? I even cooked for you guys. We did stir recently. fries and shit. You uh. did um,
7: collars <laughs> once for us. Swordfish collars or fish collars? Uh. They were amazing. <laughs> you also make really good like stews and. Yeah, stews. You've done. Um,
8: I like to think I was specialist in gruel. <laughs> like, like i i really like especially with large bands like this you know you just you have to be able to like i catered our video shoot yeah. and it was something like 40 people so there was a lot of gruel happening there are a lot of big pots and things that you can make were you, a mess where you sometimes
3: put like you know Five pieces of meat for your six bandmates, and be like, one of you is not. <laughs> <laughs> one of you's just not well, that getting would be it. Vegetarian.
8: Four pieces. I have seen him eat chorizo, just for the record. Okay. For the, <laughs> he's a fallen,
3: is that what got you? Man,
8: <laughs> <laughs> My, it was the weirdest thing. Can I tell this story? Can sure. you tell this story? Well, I mean... It's just weird. It's not really a good
7: story. Yeah, just tell it. My vegetarianism is hanging on by a thread, and it has been for years. Right, right. So Um,
8: we love to exploit it. So any opportunity (laughs) I have to...
7: You know, I figure if meat is served to me, the animal has already been killed... Yeah, but your what if it's my done. taco? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, there was that time in Austin you ate my bacon burrito, like Texas burrito.
3: I don't well, really know if this thread exists anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As a casual outside observer that knows nothing of your history, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a
7: pretty bad vegetarian. So,
3: uh, what's next for you guys?
8: Well, we're working on this record. It's gotten stalled due to funding issues and I have to see some guy. Um, <laughs> wait, is that a Craigslist thing? No. no, no you that. just
0: said bad credit, no credit, no
8: problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's our man. And yeah. we're like, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> bad credit, no credit problem. Yeah. As as what it's been. Um, um Yeah, so it's it's been epic because I've really gotten into the recording process and I want to do everything correctly and, and try to have everything, especially with these gorgeous horn players, have everything nice and warm and analog and it's um, expensive. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> As it tends to be. Um, well, I want to make sure we have time for one oldie but goodie. Cool. Uh, but where can people find you, find your earlier works, see your music videos?
8: Um, well, YouTube uh, don't type in bad credit no credit because there are a lot of ads on there um, uh, type in vampire song vampire with a Y um, that's right and uh, we also have badcreditnocredit.bandcamp.com and facebook.com slash badcreditnocredit.
3: That wasn't taken?
8: No, and, and people are pissed. was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. trying to, like, finance
0: cars or just, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. Rest, yeah.
3: Um, well, thank you for, uh, for coming out. Thank Th- you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks to the family at Root & Bone for coming out and uh, sharing their st- meatloaf story with us. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, Darren and I will actually both be here. And uh, winter is upon us. So drink oh, some God. whiskey. Winter is coming. Winter is <laughs> here. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, um, yeah, what are you going to take us out with?
8: Uh, this is called The Last Battle, and it's also on the Whole Buffalo, which is a record that we have out in the world. That you
3: could potentially have. Yeah. Yeah. For a price. To help fund the next record. Yes, exactly.
8: Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Greg.
3: Yeah, thank yeah, thanks thank for being on, guys.
8: <laughs> Away she takes my love away from me. As she takes my love away from me.
6: As she takes my love away from me. I sheriff's smile.